Princess Rise for their Majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! Welcome, welcome, welcome back, Roberta. So happy to see you. (laughs) Thank you. I'm so happy to see you too, Rachel. It's almost, I'm acting like we didn't see each other up through Wednesday or like last week, but then just your vacation, it was a gap for me in my life. Like I said, I kept a list of things to tell you (laughs) in the four days we couldn't talk. It was an especially long gap because I lost my phone the first day of vacation. We'll just get that out of the way right now. Before we get into all that, though, we need to just do this really quick intro. Welcome back to Royally Obsessed. We have another fabulous episode for you with so much royal news coming up. But first, if you don't already, please hit follow on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast is the handle. You can also shop Royally Obsessed sweatshirts and totes. They're adorable. We have to mention the Platinum Jubilee is coming up quick, so you need to get that merch. It's shop.royallyobsessed.com. I wore mine all last week. I, like, lived in it. It's so comfy. It's so comfy. I wore it on the plane, free advertising, got the word out about the (laughs) podcast. Everyone wanted one. Rachel, what do we have coming up on this episode? Roberta, we are talking about the new photos, the birthday photos of Louis and the Queen released almost in tandem. So exciting. The Wessex's Caribbean tour, which is not going well as expected, to be honest. A little bit of hairy backlash that we didn't get to talk about last week. We're also joined by the co-hosts of our new sister podcast, Stream On, Phil Mutz and Rachel Golmi, to talk about the best royal content to stream. A great way to get psyched for the Jubilee, as Roberta mentioned. It's like five weeks away. Wild. I can't believe how fast this is coming Tell out. me yeah. about your phone. I know we first royal refreshment, but then oh, yeah. we'll cry versus toast, Clink I guess. with my water and coffee as a recovery method. And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. I also have water. I'm so sorry. I was sober when I lost my phone, so let's just get that out of the way. And my <laughs> vacation started on a great note, and then... I guess it was the first full day of vacation. So the first night was fine. I had it. You were in first, Cabo, right? I was in Cabo in Mexico for a wedding, Dave's friend's wedding. And I left it in the back of an Uber and the next group of people grabbed it and it's oh, gone. So yeah, it's just unfortunate. My the heartbreak. The heartbreak is, it's really because, you know, everything's backed up and like on my computer and all of that. But the heartbreak is that I hadn't backed up my photos in the last six months. So my... I've lost six months of memories is what I said to Dave. Like very exaggerated because like obviously I still have the memories, but it just was, it was hard. But I also was, Rachel, totally unplugged from Royal I was going to say, were you incredibly present though? It must have felt really good in that sense. Incredibly present. And I feel like even just talking about this, incredibly privileged to know that I have the ability to like order a replacement phone and like obviously to be on vacation, like all of these things, but also... I feel like I'm going to lean so heavily on what you're going to say. This oh my gosh! Because you know I it's like ingrained have... in you. Let's let's get into it. Let's get I into it. I don't know what's happening with the royals, so you're gonna have to tell you me. Do. first, as we sip my recovery coffee and water, uh, we got a DM. Rachel got a DM from Amanda, listener Amanda. She says, "I've been a longtime listener, royally obsessed. I live in Massachusetts and love your subtle Boston comments on the pod. There's a new British store in Concord, Massachusetts Center called Best of British." I bought a book about the queen and got excited over barber jackets and the huge royal guard statue outside. It was so cool, and I highly recommend checking it out the next time you're in the area. So this is the fun thing. 
is that I made an absolute mission out of it. And I went to Concord on my way to a farm, by the way, to entertain my son. This, uh, we were on quote unquote spring break for my son last week, which meant oh. I was working and he was playing. Um, but um, it's amazing, <laughs> Roberta. And I only wanted to be there with you. Like this is the guard out front. It's called Best oh of British. Gosh. I'm like trying to hold it up to the Zoom. But then my feet. Hey, it looks like a real person. Oh, That's it's a really lifelike statue. The, there's guard. a big queen like cardboard cutout in the front. And then there's this awesome way to shop barber right in the store. I'm leaning in too close That's to my mind. So cool. But with all the all the royals, I wanted to buy so many things, and I ended up just getting some like British snacks and everything. But I was That's I was so in fun. control, so it was a great recommendation. And Amanda, I'm so glad that you wrote us a note about that. Everyone go. I wish we could go together. Maybe we can make it make a trip to Best of British in Concord. And it only recently opened because when I was there at Christmas, I saw like the sign going up, but it wasn't yet open. So this was a great reminder and a really fun excursion. On that note, let's reminisce, Roberta. And now, this week in royal history. This week in royal history, we're talking about Kate and William celebrating 11 years of marriage on April 29th. How? I mean, I feel like, I don't know why. I think it's just this milestone moment for all of us in the, you know, the royal weddings that are so few and far between now. I have a feeling because they released so much last year, but Mm -hmm. I do think we'll get a new photo at least this year. Yeah. Well, so obviously it took place at Westminster Abbey. We had the Goring entrance where, you know, she was, we saw her dress, the McQueen. Baby Prince Harry is always such a standout (laughs) to me. But what do you feel like were your favorite wedding moments? You can only choose three. I'm limiting it. One has to be Pippa's dress because that was also by Sarah Burton for McQueen. And also, I mean, it really was a little bit – it was a little bit of a show stealer. It was. Props to Kate for letting her sister kind of hog the spotlight for a little bit. It was white and it had all those buttons down the back. There was multiple Facebook pages that popped up about Pippa's derriere. So, I mean, there was just (laughs) a lot going on there and people had a lot of um, Derriere envy. (laughs) Yeah, derriere envy and also – Thoughts about Harry and Pippa being an oh, item that's because right. of the steaminess between them. So I that's forgot. just fun to reminisce on. Oh yes. my gosh, what a good remembrance. Yeah. Okay, second moment real quick. Doing her own makeup. I'm just always blown away that she did oh, her own yeah. makeup for her wedding, Kate. Right. And then also the lip readers did a fantastic job, and this is all the way back in 2011, but the lip readers, when Kate and her father are in the car on the way to the Abbey, and Kate the lip reader saw that she said, please, daddy, don't cry. It will set me oh. off too. And it's so sweet. It's so, so sweet. One more Michael Middleton moment is that the speech at the reception, he said, I knew things were getting serious when I found a helicopter in my garden. And he told that to the room <laughs> and so much laughter Casual. from that moment. Helicopter so, yeah. in the garden. Way what to about you? make What's an your entrance, favorite? William. What are your favorite Kate and William like wedding moments? I really just forever and always love that Grace Van Cutsum on the balcony. We got the double mm. kiss from Kate and William, but just the whole, the image yes. of them kissing, but then her hands clamped over her ears. Like it's just... <laughs> One of those fantastic, I hope it's framed in their household, their palace. You know, it's just a great memory. It's like the meme moment. Yeah, it's the meme moment. That is the meme. Exactly. And then also, I think it's really, we got this gem from Micah when she came on last year about the learner's permit Mm -hmm. and how Harry made sure that on their. I was going to call it a getaway car, but it's not a getaway car. But like when they were leaving, that that, yeah. that sort of triggered to everyone around like this, the custom in the UK is to really honk and make them feel embarrassed. And that was kind of a funny spoof that Harry so did. Um, a nugget from Micah. But I think just in overall, for me, I just always think of my 5 a.m. alarm clock. It's more about me. <laughs> 
and just like waking up and how excited I was. And that just makes me think about how long it's going to be till we have another one of those moments, right? Well, and you did it really big. Didn't you do a celebration? Yeah, I got together with friends. We had like a bunch of like royal trinkets and things like that. We did shots. And then I went to work. It was on a Friday. At a bar? Was it at a bar? No, we just did it at my friend's apartment. But then I just remember how weird it was that I did that. I mean, there were many hours between (laughs) and I had a not complicated job, but it was just very interesting that I made that choice as a It's such a fun, those are the, like, I think we always talk about this, like, those are the moments we royal watchers, like, just live for. Yeah, exactly. The touch points of, like, their history. And And thinking back, like you said, like, we got those images last year. We had that, like, influencer-y video, the YouTube channel, which I took a quick check-in on. And where the heck has that been? (laughs) It hasn't been updated in two months, but it does randomly get dropped. Some are super edited, some are not. It's... I wanted it to be splashier. So hopefully we get more of that. It does feel, it definitely feels like a work in progress. Like Mm -hmm. they released that and then like weren't sure how that was going to go. And it just feels like no one's really going to YouTube for that. I don't know. Maybe they are, but yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. But yeah, so this year I feel like it's just more, you know, you think back to their anniversary, their 10 year, that was pre-vaccine. This year, their social calendar is back in full tilt. We saw them visiting the Ukrainian Cultural Center. That was a surprise. Then Kate, another surprise, joined William for Anzac day this week. And then they're supposed to be, I don't think images have broken yet, Roberta, of Kate and Anne joining, doing this joint event, which is a rarity for maternal health. That's supposed to happen yeah, today. We're recording. Mm-hmm. But I think overall that, you know, they're just really busy. And I loved one thing that I did want to call out of all those engagements was Kate's choice of attire for Anzac Day, which was the Alexander McQueen coat dress that mm. she wore for Charlotte's christening. And obviously Charlotte's birthday is coming up. And she also wore a pale yellow version of it for Meghan and Harry's wedding, which their anniversary is coming up in a couple of weeks. So, Well, and like white Alexander McQueen is obviously you're always going to think wedding dress. So mm-hmm. I think that that's like also kind of a sweet call out for this week. So yeah, nod we'll to see. all the occasions. So Yeah. And I like to think about like that these are the moments that we care most about with the royals' lives. Who's the next royal wedding, do you think? Who do you think? I mean, I think Lady Louise Windsor. She's 18, but I think... I don't know. I don't want to rush her into anything, but hopefully in the next like decade we see a wedding. I don't know. Well, I also was like dabbling in the idea of Peter Phillips because I believe it was mm. earlier this year that he officially went on the record with his girlfriend and who's a friend of Zara's, Lindsay Wallace. So at least there's a lot of tabloid coverage of that. But I, the weird thing is the next TV wedding will be George, right? Yeah. Because those yeah. wouldn't be televised. They're, you know. Which is, he'll be nine this year. So. <laughs> no that's pressure, so George. Far off. <laughs> Enjoy your childhood. Ignore us. Oh, <laughs> but Rachel, God promise, bless us we're still here talking. <laughs> promise for that wedding, whenever it may be, that we get together wherever we are in our lives and we watch it. <laughs> I promise. Pinky okay. promise. That will be the most fun. I have it, fun. it as a recording. All right. We'll have let's, to replay this episode. Okay. Move on. So our first big royal news of the week is the birthday picks that dropped oh. right before. Well, the queens dropped right before my vacation. And so I was able to take that in. And I liked this quote from CNN's Max Foster. He wrote, but the new image of her is a fitting one because the time we usually see the queen being herself in public is at the races. So her love of horses is so obvious. Not only that, but she's standing and in kind of a power pose with these two majestic creatures next to her, which I think is 
you know, is kind of a batting away the rumors of mobility issues. They really want a strong image of their sovereign. And so I think that that was totally appropriate. And then she's wearing like an Edinburgh green coat that's really beautiful with a cape um, portion to it. And so I was blown away. I thought it was an incredible picture. It was I loved so it. stunning of her yeah, majesty. Yeah, it's so different, right? Like I would have expected a formal portrait or something. And yes. it was really, she looks in her element. And like, who says that she can't, you won't walk to all these engagements or walk to the Platinum Jubilee. Like, here she is. And it really was comforting to see that. But then two days later, we had Louis, Prince oh. Louis. Did your jaw just drop, Rachel? I mean, I just think because him and – I mean, he, Finn is older than Louis by a couple of months. And I just right. feel like Louis is so mature looking. Like, he just looks so – He looks so tall. Stylish and put yeah. together. And those shots were amazing. Yeah, so he was running on a North Norfolk beach that people are thinking it's Holcomb Beach, which is right near Sandra him and obviously right near Anmer Hall and then in other shots he's throwing a cricket ball is that what that was I didn't know it was a cricket ball it's a cricket ball so okay. into the sports just like last year with the bike he's obviously into his he always um, has like a little stick in his photos because remember it was like the rainbow wasn't that birthday the rainbow or was yeah that was rainbow yeah pictures. that was him yeah, yeah 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 some some kind of activity and obviously props to Kate for taking these incredible incredible photos of him on the beach that running photo just is like the perfect moment like it just is I was really blown away by it but also I think he looks so big in these pictures and yet he's not at Easter he's not really in some of these events that George and Charlotte have been going to and so it makes me wonder if he'll be involved in the Platinum Jubilee we know the kids are are they're going to be making an appearance at some point is what we've heard Uh, but also supposedly Louis will be joining George and Charlotte at a new school sometime this year is what the news is is that there's a school that George did a trial day at, which I didn't know was a thing. Is that a yeah, thing? Like I don't know. Probably for the ki- future King of England, anything That's is a true. thing. That's <laughs> true. Right. It's called Lambrook, I guess. And it's near Windsor, which may mean that the rumors of them making the move are official. So we'll see if we hear more about that. But hopefully more of Louis. Yeah. I just thought it was funny, too, that they only released two photos of Louis first and then two later, like as a follow-up. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like that's typical, right? It's like give the a people quartet. what they want. Four yeah. for four. Yeah. <sighs> Give us what we want. That's all I'm asking for. (laughs) All right. The Wessexes, their tour of the Caribbean is not going well, (laughs) but I don't feel like that's a total surprise. They are there for the week. It kicked off with the news of a Grenada cancellation. I'm going to be honest, Rachel, and stop you right there. I did not know they were on tour currently. That's how underreported this tour has been, except for the bad news. And it just is mind-blowing how, like – little attention that they get. I don't know. That's just yeah. my, that's my initial thought. Well, because I think that is a big contrast between the Cambridges because obviously the spotlight is majorly on them. But I think that that's also the wrongs that have happened are even more staggering for me in the wake of the Cambridge tour. Because mm-hmm. like I said, that that tour spot was con- canceled right out of the gate because apparently it was only for a couple of hours and they, the country did not want to spend the money on it, but then there were yeah. anticipated protests. But then- Followed up by that, there was a letter from the Antigua and Barbuda Reparation Support Committee that said, basically, stop with the lip service. You know, we've seen Charles and William go in and say slavery was abhorrent. It's an appalling atrocity. They need an actual overt apology and a constructive strategy to address the social and economic development gaps that have 
occurred because of slavery. Mm-hmm. But these terrible moments, I'm sure you have to have seen these. Like you said, you saw the photo that was gifted. And this is a tradition, right? Like they, the royals do, there's a gift exchange that happens. But it was given to Philip Pierre, the prime minister of St. Lucia. And it's a photo of the Wessexes. <laughs> Which is funny. Like, to me, like, it's just a, a really awkward gift to give out Yeah, like, And the, they always do this, I guess, but it's just very weird. It just feels odd, like, in the wake of, like, colonialism to be like, here's a photo of us. <laughs> so, isn't it signed, too? It's signed, yeah. And then there was <laughs> Prince Edward's awkward reaction to Antigua and Barbuda's Prime Minister Gaston Brown, who expressed his interest in the fact that many are expressing in the Commonwealth to become a republic, but also that the royals use their diplomatic interest and influence to advocate for reparations. And Edward's reply was to laugh nervously, say that he's not keeping notes and can't reply to each point, which again, going back to the fact that we just went through this with the Cambridges, they were their team should have known that this was going to happen. These conversations are yeah. obviously going to come up. How were they not ready for this? I also feel like Barbuda's prime minister, Mr. Brown, like really tempered what he said with Mm -hmm, the fact that he was like, we aren't even going to even pursue this until the queen is no longer with us, which I felt was like a very polite way of putting what's very constructive. What's being said. Yeah. And then to have Edward be like, I really can't talk about this. Like that truly feels like you are a puppet in this whole thing. And yet the people pulling the strings have seen how, you know, royal tours can go so wrong and have really not course corrected at all. Yeah, it's mind-boggling. I did want to say a semi-related mention to this is Eugenie today launched her new podcast, Floodlight, and it's featuring guests who are helping to combat modern slavery. And this is, of course, part of her work with the Anti-Slavery Collective. I just caught the trailer, but I need to listen to the first episode. I'm curious about it, for sure. Well, I'm curious about it, too. And I think that that's, like, semi-related in the fact that, like, it's not just lip service when Eugenie, fe- I think she is very knowledgeable about the subject. And I'm curious to hear what she has to say mm-hmm. on modern slavery, its relation to slavery practices of the past. Like the news I just saw today is about Harvard as an institution oh, yeah. kind of reckoning with their mm-hmm. part in slavery. Can the royals like hire someone from, you know what I mean? Like they can't seem to get their mind around addressing this in the proper way. Yeah, so that's all. Exactly. I totally agree. I so, okay. Bizarre. This next segment, we are flashing back to last week. <laughs> yeah, forgive us. There's been a lot of developments actually about Harry and Hoda that we really didn't get to cover because it just aired as soon as we recorded last week. And so now we've really been able to process. Soak it in, absorb, mull it over. Rachel, what do you feel like a week later about the comments Harry made? Well, I think it was just more the fact that we we spent, you know, so much time on what he avoided and what he didn't say. But then there were two mm. lines that he did say, which are which is, you know, she's always got this is about the queen. She's always got a great sense of humor with me. And I'm making sure that she's, you know, protected and got the right people around her. Also, we had we, Harry and the Queen, have a really special relationship. We talk about things that she can't talk about with anyone else. And I feel like just looking back a little bit, hindsight had a week to think about it. They're just two kind of zings, bigger zings to me. And, you know, for a guy that's choosing his words so carefully, those kind of are, you know, I don't want to say, I hate saying shots fired, but it feels, you know, cryptic a little bit. I will say, though, when I saw this blowing up in the UK tabloids, like, completely going batshit crazy over this, I was like, it feels 
normal to worry about a 96-year-old woman, Mm -hmm. especially as her grandson. And it's totally, like, if you take it in the sense of, like, they're just normal people and, like, at this point, you're just worried about anyone at that age, right? And so, like, to me, it's like, oh, she's got the right people around her. Yeah, like, if she was in a nursing home, like, what are the staff doing? Like, I've had grandparents that have been in that situation and you really are concerned about how they're being taken care of at this advanced age. And also the Andrew thing. That's yeah, what I keep falling I was back gonna on. Say. Is like, who okayed that Andrew should walk her down the aisle? And Harry saw those pictures flashed across the world in an instant and probably was like, okay, what the fuck? Why is she being allowed to do that? Yeah, I think And context. maybe she just, maybe she put her foot down and said, this is what I want to do. But I, it is interesting that I think that that, in the context of Andrew, it's like, who is calling those shots? Is it her? Is it Yeah, and the context, if you go back to Oprah, like when Harry chatted with Oprah, he was clear that people gave the queen bad advice around his departure. So is he implying that again? Is he implying that the queen's being manipulated? I think just basically mm-hmm. this raised more questions for me. You know, also how much protection can Harry really offer the queen when he's in Montecito? And then that second yeah. line about how she tells him things that she can't say to other people, it's like, how often are they talking if they're not in person all the time? What is she spilling to him that she can't say to other people? I just, I think it was more just thinking back that actually, like, these are some very, they open up some cans of worms for me, royal worms. Totally. I and I, I like Omid, who, congrats, is the new executive royal editor at Yahoo News. I don't know if you saw that, but no. he wrote a story. This is his first column for Yahoo UK. And he said, this is a great, great quote. He said, Days before permanently leaving the UK in March of 2020, Harry told a close aide, these people have their own agendas. They work for the institution and certainly don't care about us as a family. Omid goes on to say, Princess Diana echoed similar sentiments in the years following her divorce from Prince Charles. So Harry is kind of falling in that path of like, he doesn't really trust a lot of the people that make up the firm. Not to say that like, it's Charles or it's William or it's Kate. Like, I really think that he means those people that yes. are the men in gray suits. That's what I think what I that's what I that. read is definitely he is not talking about the immediate family in this case. So, like, that's yeah. – everyone felt that that was clear. But it is – it just raised a lot of questions for me. So, yeah. Wait, sorry one more to bit of flashback. <laughs> no, I, I like the way you just, like, poured over that some more. But, and it might come up again. Who knows? Because this is, like, what the main <laughs> – Still unpacking it all. (laughs) Yeah, the focus on the Queen's birthday, the front page of the Daily Mail was Harry, like, spoiled her birthday. So it's basically just, like, it's just, it's kind of tragic, honestly. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. But what, so the other Harry news is the Invictus Games, the next location, right, was announced? Yes, Canada, 2025. So we have 2023, Dusseldorf, 2025, Vancouver, and Whistler, which obviously we know Megan's connections to Canada. Very exciting. our delightful chat with Phil and Rachel. Row Rose, we are joined by Rachel Golmi and Phil Mutz, co-hosts of our sister or brother, what do you say, podcast Stream On, which is your weekly guide on what to watch. 
we thought it would be especially fun to invite them on to chat about all the royal or royal-adjacent content that they've recently experienced or are keeping tabs on as we go into 2022. It's a big year. The Jubilee's coming. There's legit no better way to get in the royal spirit. Roberta and I are going to share our picks as well, but Rachel and Phil, welcome to the show. Oh my gosh, this is so exciting. We're so happy to be here. (laughs) So exciting. Your podcast is phenomenal, first of all. Friday appointment podcast listening for me. Well, thank you. you. And likewise, we obviously can't get enough of the Royals over at our podcast either, which is great because there's constantly Royals content (laughs) on TV and in the movies. So uh, there's always Royals to discuss every week on Stream On. And we've also had the privilege of working with both Phil and Rachel. It's hard for me to call you Rachel. I want to call you Goldie. I know. I was going to say, can I call you (laughs) Goldie? But we've worked with them for so many years. So it's really just such a joy to get to do this with you guys. Yeah, this is so great. Uh, And uh, not to like, you know, only talk business, but let's dive right in. I want to talk about some of the awesome hits that we, you know, there's there's some hits and there's some misses out there when it comes to streaming <laughs> content. And each week on our show, we're talking about those hits and those misses, you know, because nothing's worse than watching something and being like, why did I waste my time on this? But I want to hear what everybody's royally adjacent or royally themed uh, streaming hits are. What are we watching? What is everybody excited about? I want to dive right in. Oh, oh go, oh, Roberta, you got this. I, I'm, I'm eager. I love You got this. So we're so excited. <laughs> Okay, so my hit this week, picture this, Downton Abbey, but in New York, 1880s, The Gilded Age. I love the setup. Julian Fellows, same creators, Downton Abbey. Carrie Coon is amazing. Meryl Streep's daughter, Louisa Jacobson, is in it. And it is phenomenal. It has nothing to do with the royals, really, except beautiful costumes and Downton Abbey. It's royally adjacent. It's New York royalty. It's definitely royally adjacent. I think it's got that. If if you like you know, watching content about the Royals, you're definitely going to like Gilded Age. Absolutely. Love it. HBO Max, tune in. Yeah, I'm a huge fan. Oh, yeah. And Cynthia Nixon. Oh, yeah. Just so great. So I mean, her character is just so affected and I love it, especially coming off the heels of and Just Like That, which you know I also love. Yes. <laughs> but it's just so different. I think it's really great. And I think she has a great performance. I also feel like Louisa Jacobson, that's Meryl's younger, youngest daughter, right? She yeah. is just, mm-hmm. I feel like I haven't seen her in anything. This was such a delight to watch her in this show. She's great. Yeah, I can't wait to see what's next for her because, I, I mean, hopefully more seasons of Gilded Age. because it's oh, No, yeah, there is. It's confirmed. Out. Season two yeah. is happening, right? My hairdresser yeah, told back. me that he's doing hair for the show. I was very excited. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you have the inside scoop. I know. He was like, yeah, I just got booked for that. And I was very excited. Mark Ryan Salon, book an appointment there. They are incredible. Oh, my God. That's amazing. He's going to blow up now. You're not yeah. going to be able to get an appointment. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to start getting my hair down there. I, I want the inside scoop. <laughs> okay. Other hits. Rachel, you go. The other Rachel. Okay. Like, oh, okay. Go me. Um, I know. Do I have permission to call you Bowie on yes, this show? Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Permission granted. <laughs> Mine, uh, my hit is actually an older one. Um, it's from 2008, The Duchess, the movie Ooh. The Duchess on Netflix. Ooh. Have you any of you seen it? No, tell me about this. No one? Okay. I've seen um, it. So I've seen it. Oh, okay, is, that, okay. was, is this Kira Knightley? Yes. I saw so it on a with, date. Really? Oh. Oh, my that's God. That's kind of an intense oh. movie to see on a date. Yeah. But, um, weird. Did it work out? No. Oh, did that more importantly? Um, But it's with Kira Knightley and Rafe Fiennes, which I always thought it was Ralph Fiennes, guys. And like, I don't even know. Today years old. I know. I I didn't even get that. But Rafe. So it's the story of Georgina Spencer. She's actually the great, 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 great aunt of Princess Diana, which I think is interesting. But it takes place in the late 1700s and she's 17 and she gets married off to the Duke of Devonshire. And it's just kind of like all about like their extremely volatile um, relationship and marriage. And he basically just wanted to get married to have a male heir. And she 
thought that he just loved her and that was really not the case. But it's just like this really terrible love story, which I know is kind of depressing. (laughs) But aside from the story, the costumes and the hair and the makeup are just insane. And she was known for her hairstyles and her gowns and like having the really tall situation up top. (laughs) Um, But like, I I just loved it for that. But the story just like really like hooked me in. It's it's really it is sad, but it's good. And how is Keira Knightley in it? Because I feel like sometimes I mean, she's like, Sometimes giving us the most. In, you know, Are we roles. torn on Keira Knightley? Because I, I mean, I feel conflicted about her. I mean, really? sometimes I'm, I'm oh, pro. Yeah, I mean, I'm, like, I'm into her, but I know that there's a lot the of She's the star of my favorite movie, a.k.a. Pride and Prejudice. That's my oh, favorite. I thought you were okay. going to say Love yeah. Actually for I a second. I thought you were going to say Love Actually, too. Okay, but Pride That's and Prejudice. That's a really good one. a very one. small part in, but I always think of that. <laughs> I thought she was good in it. I mean, I now that I'm thinking about it, I don't have many feelings towards Keira Knightley. <laughs> so also I don't know where I stand. Yeah. But she, you know, obviously she's known for all of her period pieces that she does um i personally think she's really good in it what did you great. think bowie i thought she was great i mean i saw it it's so long ago and gosh yeah. it's like many many yeah. years I, I would need to rewatch it but i thought she was wonderful i remember yeah, just yeah. also the sets and just really being immersed in that yeah it's in beautiful that movie. yeah it's beautiful you might not want to rewatch it it's gonna bring back bad date memories so <laughs> you know <laughs> I totally blink, but I do. This is embarrassing, but I think I still have the ticket stub, which is why, and I've moved so many times with the pandemic, I've come across it. So I remember seeing it. It comes all comes back. But Phil, what is your royal hit or royal hit? Okay, so uh, I don't know if you've heard of this. It was on BBC and then is now on Prime Video. It's called A Very English Scandal. Uh, and it, it stars Hugh Grant as Jeremy Thorpe. Okay. Uh, and it takes place back in 1965. And he kind of falls for a stable boy and they have a homosexual relationship, which is obviously very forbidden and causes mm-hmm. a giant scandal. So that's a three episode miniseries. And it's really good, um, really well acted uh, and and kind of funny as well. Hugh, Hugh Grant has that same like, you know, just charm that he always puts on. Um, but it's also got some really dark elements. And then this week is coming out the sequel series, essentially, which is a very British scandal. Starring one of our obvious favorites, Claire Foy of Crown fame and Paul Bettany of, you know, Marvel and WandaVision uh, on Disney Plus fame. And that just came out on Amazon Prime Video as well. And that is about a very public divorce of the Duke and Duchess of Argyll. So it's a lot of very British scandal, which I think really <laughs> is just fun to watch. And it's it's sometimes royally involved, but sometimes just royally adjacent. And I love everything about it. Phil, you stole my thunder. Yes! That was my pick for oh, what I'm this. looking this forward to. This makes me so happy. Week. Oh, good. I'm so excited for it. I can't wait. It's um Claire Foy's like it, the character she's playing her sex life is the subject of this court case. So it sounds so juicy, so salacious in the 1960s. It's out the week we're recording, April 22nd on Amazon Prime. I can't wait. Yeah. So I need to watch the other one too, a very English scandal. Oh, yes. And they're only three episodes. They're very digestible. And I do just real quick want to read our our assistant editor of news and entertainment at PureWow, Nikisha Campbell, already reviewed the new one, the Claire Foy one, uh, and she gave it four four point five out of five stars. Ooh. And so, and you know, she's a tough critic. So, uh, and she did <laughs> have this to say. She said, "Quote: Margaret Campbell's story is brilliantly retold through a feminist lens, featuring an Emmy worthy performance from Claire Foy." But a very British scandal also serves as a heartbreaking reminder that misogyny is deeply ingrained in many of our institutions. Even if you're not a lover of all things royalty, you'll have plenty to think about after you watch this historical drama. Hmm. So I'm excited. I can't wait. Claire Foy is someone we are not divided about. Oh, no. Such a huge fan. No, no. Cannot wait to see Team this Claire. show. Yes. 
Rachel, what's your hit for this week? Rachel Bowie. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Well, my hit is not about the British royals, but it is about the Andalasian royals, if I can take us back to 2007. Enchanted. Oh. oh. (laughs) The Disney classic. I was trying to kind of like really think outside the box here. It has Amy Adams, Patrick Dempsey, Adina Menzel, musical numbers. Before, I feel like musical numbers were as in vogue as they are now. That's how you know in Central Park. Do you guys? Do you guys? Of watch course, we're making course. a second one. So I think why I love it so much is a, it's royal. You know, Andalusia is the royal sphere that it exists in, and they come to New York City. But it, I also discovered it and viewed it right. I moved to New York City in two thousand and eight, and I loved the scenery in the movie. But it somehow made me feel like the city was the playground for my own fairy tale. So I feel like also that ballroom scene with. Patrick and they're so conflicted about their romance and it's that song so close. It's just I was rewatching it ahead of us recording. I just and we also have Disenchanted coming this fall. So the sequel, which is supposed to take place 10 years later, I'm just I don't know. Enchanted just felt right for me. This, for this. is a family friendly hit, too. I'm glad that we have that covered oh, yes. for the whole family. Family yes, friendly. Good, good, good. Ever, ever, ever. <laughs> yeah, we don't oh my gosh, I'm so good. We're not only about dramas here. We have we have some lighter yeah. fare as well. Yeah, exactly. But it is exactly. that time of the segment where we need to talk about our misses because womp womp. There are <laughs> jinx filled. There are definitely some misses in the royally adjacent content sphere. So who wants to go first? I'd love to dive right in because I have some okay, strong opinions. And I know Rachel Bowie and I. I'm curious if they'll be overlap. I, I, yeah. They probably will be. <laughs> but uh, I have two, but I am uh, I did not like The Prince on HBO Max. And I love Gary Gennetti. But we, I, I, what I want to talk about, oh, I forgot about is that. Diana the Musical on Netflix. That's my pick, oh, too. Oh, my God. That's my pick, Rachel too. Bowie. I remember pre-pandemic, we were back in, we were in an office and we were so excited for this musical coming to Broadway. And we were chatting about it. And you were doing an interview with the costume designer. And there was... There was so much excitement and buzz around this Diana musical and a little bit of nervousness because, you know, obviously something like this is a touchy subject and could be a flop. And oh, my God, is it a flop? <laughs> I, yes. It oh, is man. obviously, sorry, if to catch you up, it's on Netflix, uh, the video of the yeah, stage version, um, which you can stream. And it's so bad that it's not you can't even hate watch it because it's actually just bad. It's not, oh. you know, you know how you can watch things and be like, this is so stupid. It's campy and it's just so unenjoyable because it's so yeah. bad. It could have gone that campy direction, but it just didn't. And it, I feel like it gave me whiplash watching. It just raced through her life so quickly and hit all these like key moments. But there was no real poignancy or and the songs. They were just every song was a rhyme. I felt like every <laughs> lyric and it just it was so bad. You know, I really the hardest part was I, how much I wanted to yeah. love it. And Phil can attest to how much I, I feel like we both wanted to love it. We were there. We were just really exhilarated and excited. And then the pandemic hit and delayed it all and just the buildup. And then the disappointment. It won all the Razzies, didn't it? It yeah. did. <laughs> it did. Like five. Oh, yeah. Wow. And it's so funny. I, so I have, I have a theater source who told me uh, that it actually could have been even worse. There was like a, an original opening number that was like really horrific and apparently like very like the paparazzi kind of essentially attacking uh, Diana. And it like was just so in, in hindsight, uh, you know, it, it could have been worse. Maybe they did fix some of the problems. Yeah. Um, but maybe the problem really was just that they never should have made it in the first place. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, something got lost. They didn't, it didn't and work out And it's an interesting <laughs> thing because I remember when it went to Netflix, people were like, why are you giving it away for free on Netflix? Who's going to buy a Broadway ticket? And then you see it and you realize now it makes sense. Yeah, they knew it was going to be a flop. So they were like, we'll take any money we can get off of this thing. Yeah. I'm like proud of you guys for even 
being interested in it because I'm like Princess Diana in a musical. I don't know; those two things just don't. don't <laughs> now don't, we know they yeah. don't mix. Yeah, exactly. Don't mix yeah. yeah, just is not the right story yeah. for that. Oh my yeah. gosh! All right, other no, other misses. I know I won't like this new series that hasn't even come out yet. And I already know that it's a miss. It's called Who Killed Lady Di? Oh. Again, uh, yeah. Diana, you have to be so sensitive, I feel like, to the treatment of her life, especially in today's day and age. And I just – I already know it's a miss. It's going to be a mix of fiction and real life, which to me a lot of times feels really hokey in TV shows. And I don't think they can pull it off. And it's also diving into conspiracy theories about Diana's death, which mm. I also feel like is so eye roll for 2022. Like who needs another conspiracy theory, honestly? The only thing I will say going for it, besides the fact that I haven't even seen it, is that <laughs> – Is that the investigator that actually was there working on the French police for during the time of Diana's death is helping write the script. So maybe there will be, yeah, like there will definitely be elements of fact around it, but we'll see. I'm panning it before it's even out. Sorry, guys. (laughs) How could it be fact and fiction about her life? It's like speculative. No, I know, but like that's, it's like, um, documentary style but then they also act out certain scenes kind of like that netflix uh movie that came out last year the social dilemma which did make me quit facebook i will (laughs) say but it just feels weird it feels i don't like that mix so i don't know we'll see and it also just to me feels like a topic we just don't need more entertainment around like if you have legit evidence like new new information to provide in a documentary format fine I i would love that information you know about princess diana's death but I just don't need to see a dramatization surrounding mm-hmm. conspiracy theories. I really just yeah. don't. Yeah, I feel like let's leave that area alone. Yeah. I think for me, I feel more comfortable ignoring that. Yeah. But Rach, what is your <laughs> okay, I'm a little nervous to do mine. Oh, so okay. I actually don't have a miss because I tend to like all the royal content that I watch. But I have <laughs> a confession slash like unpopular opinion, which is a, a rotating segment that we do on Stream On. I'm just nervous because I don't want the railroads to come after me. I think <laughs> I'm the kind group. Go ahead. I hope. Okay. Yes. Remember what she's saying, everyone. <laughs> I think I'm the only person on the planet who enjoyed The Prince on HBO Max. Oh. I I know. I know. And uh, so as Phil mentioned, it's by Gary Gennetti, um, who wrote, he's a television producer and writer. He comes from Family Guy. I just, like, listen, I... I get it. Like, I understand why people don't like it. And no, I I don't. I'm not a pro for people like, quote, bullying children. Um, but the point is, is that it's not real. Like, it's not. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just not a, an actual depiction of their life. Right. I personally like thought it was funny. And a lot of people follow Gary Gennetti on Instagram. And he does this on his Instagram. And if you go through and read the comments, like, you know, it's like you have to know what you're getting, I guess. I just, <laughs> I liked it. I liked it. I I'm not going to lie. I, I found it enjoyable. That's totally okay, yeah, it's okay. Rachel, People have like very strong opinions yeah. about it. And I do think, you know, this came out, I think like maybe a month after um, Prince Philip died, which, and he wasn't taken out of it. That part of it, I, I think right. is messed up. But the whole like Prince George being like a diva. I just think it's funny. And it's, it's just so silly. Yeah, it's so silly. And that's why I am just like, why are people taking this so seriously? You know? No. Yeah. Well, I, I do follow Gary Gennetti on, on Instagram. And I do find him actually very funny because there's something silly and enjoyable about imagining a young Prince George who just like judges all the rest of the royal family. Yeah. And so, so these memes that he posts of like George, like judging the queen or judging yeah. you know, Camilla, it, it, it's they're they're 
funny and it's like I think in good spirit and in a in a fantasy vein. Whereas something, I guess maybe I I didn't like the cartoon because it it made it feel more real because I was actually mm-hmm. seeing the characters even though yeah. it's animated, you know. Yeah. Um, I okay. agree. I never watched. I know I never watched, and I. But I also like this is a confession. I unfollowed Gary Janetti because I felt like <gasps> he was taking no. it too far for me at certain points, yeah. and it was yeah. really upsetting mm-hmm. to me. But I guess I'm such a true Blue Royal and I fan, yeah. and I just there were certain instances around the time of the Oprah interview that just like took it too far for me, and that was mm-hmm. where I was like, I'm gonna yeah. tag out. Like I think some of the Meghan Markle stuff really bothered me, so I was like. Mm. To be honest, like, obviously, he's not like the best human being to walk the earth. <laughs> but it's but at the end of the day, like, I don't know, TV is entertainment. So exactly. I just personally thought it was funny. <laughs> I watched it and didn't. I feel the same way as Rachel Bowie. But I will say we royal watchers need to laugh at ourselves more. Yes. And I think that there is so much humor out there about how silly all of it really is. And this is escapism. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, if if you have that, I mean, that humor, it's it works well for some people. So the cast is also amazing. Like of the voices. It's I mean, Sophie Turner plays Princess Charlotte. Gary Giannetti voices Prince George. Alan Cumming plays. Uh, I do his love butler. Alan Cumming. So it's just, much. Yeah. yeah, Orlando Bloom is Prince Harry. It's a really oh God, good cast. That. Yeah. So or voices, you know, whatever you want to call them. But um, Voice I don't cast. know. Yeah, I liked it. <laughs> so thanks for hearing take. me out, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> really good. Chat. I think it's good. It's good to disagree because you know what? That's the thing about like talking about TV content. Is I feel like whatever I say, I like. There's going to be somebody who's like, "That's the worst show. Why would you even recommend that?" And it's like, "That's fine. That's okay. Yeah. I'm just here to tell you my opinion, my expert opinion." Uh, and if you disagree, you disagree. And that's fine. And more expert opinions on Stream On, which is episodes, new episodes drop every Friday. We are we feel so lucky to have talked to the hosts <laughs> of Stream On today, Rachel and Phil. Your hot takes on TV and content, movies, everything, streaming news. We need it every week. So Thank tune in. Thank you for coming on, that. you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks, Please come on Stream On. We would love, I mean, you know, there's so much royal conduct coming that, uh, you know, when the crown drops, when Downton Abbey comes out, we need your hot takes. We're you there. have to come talk yes. to us. Yes, we'll be there. Absolutely. We'd love that. <laughs> Thanks, Yay. guys. Thank, Thank you. you. I have a very long list of shows to watch after that chat. Before we adjourn the Royal Pod, though, here are our highs and lows. It's time for the Royal Highs and Lows. My low is a quick one. It's just that I cannot believe that a Royal Tour round two has encountered the same exact problems as the Cambridges. And I think, like, truly, how are their staff not aware of these problems? If they're not aware, how are they not handling them appropriately after reassessing everything that's happened? That's just my low. Yeah, absolutely. My low is just the headlines this week that involved Donald Trump and Thomas Markle sounding off on the Sussexes. (laughs) Trump's comments that the marriage won't last. It's just been a reminder for me of what a gift it's been to not hear from him. He was chatting with Piers Morgan and the two of them together. Why do they care? And then you also had Thomas Markle who told GB News that he's planning to join for the Jubilee and wants to meet Thomas with Charles. Markle. Yeah, he's going to go over. He hopes to meet members of the royal family, wants to meet Archie and Lily, who obviously are not even confirmed to be in attendance. I just am like, go away and protect that's your daughter. Protect your daughter, please. 
That's a head scratcher for sure. Another head scratcher is that Tina Brown supposedly interviewed him for her new mm. book. So, which I'm reading well, fast and furiously. You and I both. But like that's he is an indefensible person, and I just think I don't know why you would take his quotes and put it in your book. But we'll see. My high this week is that there is a Barbie doll of the Queen. So finally, two iconic institutions, Barbie and the monarchy, <laughs> have collided in the form of a miniature model of Queen Elizabeth II, complete with all the regalia, the sash, the crown, and it sold out in the same day. Rachel, incredible. Were you so it's excited to see it? amazing. I mean, I was a person that just like owned every Barbie doll, so same. I feel like same. it's just really an awesome collab, and I, I think that it's it's an incredible honor for the queen to be barbified. Can I say that? I think, yeah, it is. <laughs> I think at one point I had 80 Barbie dolls and then we ended up having a garage sale and we sold them for 10 cents each and what? I was devastated. I think I was like ready to move on, but then afterwards it's like, oh, I wish I just kept all these dolls. They I know. So it's also like, what are you going to do? But yeah, you'd have to make a shrine for this one. <laughs> yeah. um, my high is also kind of short, but it's just, there was a shot of the queen at Sandringham on her birthday and she had a wonderful pop of pink lipstick and I was like you know what at the end of the day all you really need is your pink lipstick I fully believe in that and she still got it like I just I don't know I thought that that was a really nice moment to see I hope she had somewhere fun to go on her birthday like I hope that there was like a really special gin and Dubonnet drink waiting for her I know she deserves it 96 (laughs) goodness All right, just a reminder before we close, leave us a royal rating, pretty please, on Apple Podcasts. Here's a review. It says, absolutely fabulous. Can't wait for Thursdays. The person's name is LLRXR, and I thought it was long live Roberta and Rachel. (laughs) I don't know. I was like, maybe it is. Maybe it's not initials. Who knows? (laughs) Um, <laughs> remind us to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Leave an Easter egg in the review. Um, follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and buy a sweatshirt. Yes. Or so a tote. Rocket at the airport. Free advertising. Info at gallerypodcast.com is the email to write us in. We love hearing from you all. And till next week, God, God save, save the pod. Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.